0: We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast, hopefully your day is going well. It's Thursday, I'm back, feeling a little jet-lagged, which is impossible because I only went uh, across one time zone, so it's not jet-lagged, but you know things take a lot out of older guys. Then I realized what it probably was, it really doesn't seem like a big deal. But because my wife's airline doesn't fly into Savannah, Georgia directly this time of year, we had to fly someplace else and drive up. One time it was Jacksonville, no big deal, two hours to Savannah. This time we had to fly to Orlando, and it's a four-hour drive. That's really not a big deal. At least it hadn't been in the past, but I'm getting older, and uh, we had to get up pretty early to catch the plane and get to Orlando, then get on the plane and all that shit, so it's... It's a lot, so I'm more tired than I normally am this time of night because I actually fucking had to do something, (laughs) but I'm back nonetheless and feeling pretty good about it. Savannah is a wonderful place. I can't uh, complain about being down there. It's always pretty relaxing. I'm going to be getting down there more and more as the, the year wears on. I'm going to try to get things more comfortable technologically in doing the podcast down there. The actual technology is about the same, it's just the comfort level, where you sit, how you have the computer, what kind of computer you have, there's still some adjustments that need to be made in order to feel completely comfortable, and, and you know me, if I'm not comfortable, I'm pissing and moaning, so we'll figure that out. <coughs> now we'll start things out with a uh, uh, with some emails. And uh, this first one is referring to something I brought up while I was in Savannah. Uh, It's about a restaurant that my wife and I went to, a restaurant we saw on uh, TikTok. And then I got a lot of recommendations to go to it. Places called Isola's, which is a buffet in a place called uh, Hinesville, Georgia, about 30 minutes away from where we are in Georgia. And I was talking about it the other day because it was an amazing place, incredible food. I would recommend anybody to go there. And Dennis sent this note. He said, agreed with Tuesday's comments on the joys of buffet porn. I am with you on the priorities of the older gent's true desires. The comedian John Pignette or Pignet had a great POV on buffet etiquette, which I adhere to. During CD COVID days, all buffets were affected. A local institution of the same caliber as the one mentioned in your podcast was closed for good. A few weeks ago, it was announced that it has returned. Praise Buffet Jesus. Now, he's talking about a comedian, a relatively large comedian, overweight, if you will. And I think I saw that same comedy piece unless he does something about buffets every time uh, but he, he is a pretty funny guy and he said something one of the things that caught my attention when he was doing his, his uh, routine was I went to a buffet and they were really mean there he said they came and yelled at me every hour on the hour now you have to think about that one a little bit but it <laughs> I don't know if I laughed because it was funny or because I related to it, but that's beside the point. Anyway, Dennis has two questions. Do you accept the pronunciation buffet or as you say buffet? Well, look, man, if you can pay the 15 bucks to go to the buffet, you can call whatever the fuck you want. I prefer buffet because uh, I think buffet sounds... Uh, uh, like a woman's hairdo so I just wouldn't say buffet but if you want to say buffet that's up to you man pay the 15 bucks go have your buffet and uh, I'm good with it (laughs) but I identify with buffet if you will number two do you ever feel buffeters remorse as in I can't believe I ate the whole thing the guilt of eating too much but wondering if you broke even again a joke from uh, John Pignet, or um uh, comedic routine. Well, you know, there is that. I was telling my wife this, you know, when I was young, you'd go to a buffet and you'd eat as much as you could stuff down your gullet because you had my, well, I paid ten bucks at the time and I gotta get my ten bucks worth and if I end up getting more than my ten bucks worth, I feel like I won. Yeah, those... Those were the days I remember. Those aren't the days anymore. First of all, 10 or 15 bucks isn't as big a deal to me now as it was back then, so I don't feel like I have to break even. Secondly, my body doesn't react to being overly filled the same as it did back in the day. you just run it off back in the day. Now, I feel like I hate myself for about 3, 4, 5 hours. And I don't know about you, but I don't like that feeling. <laughs> and I physically can't handle it as much. So I don't, I don't eat as much. I don't think I can eat as much as I used to. That said, I can eat to the point where it's just a little too much where I do feel uncomfortable or bordering on hating myself. Uh, and that is a downside. That is a downside. The thing about buffets though, which I do like, it's a psychological thing more than anything. Um it's about going there, having everything in the world to choose from. You get to choose. And even if you go up once or twice, in your mind, you know, I could go back up there all day if I fucking wanted to. So it's a psychological thing. I don't. I think recently in in most situations where I've been in a buffet, and there aren't very many anymore, as Dennis pointed out, a lot of them shut down with covid In those occasions where I've been in that, I usually go up once um, and then maybe go back one more time for much less than I did the first time. Uh, As you know, I'm kind of a smart ass. (laughs) I do this to my wife all the time and uh, I think she knows by now I won't really do it, but she does get nervous because I have my moments when I will say shit that, that most people wouldn't say and, and uh, she would get embarrassed by it. But have you ever seen people go to a buffet and they just pile it on their plate? <laughs> I mean they just fill it up. It's like three feet high and it's just piled on. And that always confused me. Because I'm thinking, you're at a buffet, dude. <laughs> and I saw this one guy. Do that and uh, I said to my wife I said I'm gonna go talk to that guy I go so why I said, I'm said, i gonna tell that guy he can go back more than once he doesn't have to get it all the once. she has no you're not saying that I said I know but why would you do that is he worried like the apocalypse is coming so I need to get my three or four plates on one plate so that uh, when the world ends at least take out my money's worth I don't, I don't know Dennis finishes up with saying, as as a good buffet, your daily podcast is a feast for the mind. Now, that one's a quandary for me, Dennis. I have to appreciate uh, your compliment. <laughs> little fucking corny, though. A little fucking corny. But, that, you know, whatever the hell, whatever the hell. All right, the second email. Mike, what are your thoughts on how Biden played the Republicans at the State of the Union? The part where he said some of them want to take away Social Security and Medicare, and the Republicans started shouting. Then he pivoted and said, looks like we're not going to take away Social Security and Medicare. I'm definitely taking great liberties and my paraphrasing, but I'm sure you know what I'm talking about love to hear your thoughts on that situation in particular well we will talk about the, uh, the state of the union Now i talked about a little bit but we really didn't know as much because it just ended and uh, we just knew the preliminaries and uh, what he's talking about is that in the state of the union Uh, Joe Biden kind of clowned the Republicans, and you know, I think that was probably one of the greatest uh, things to do. I mean, that's what the Democrats need to do these days. They need to push back. They need to be a little tougher. And Joe Biden, while he wasn't making any threats, he did something I like to do. If I'm dealing with somebody that's uh, angry with me or whatever, it's one thing to fight back and to yell at them. But it's even more fun to make fun of their ass. And it works wonderfully. Especially with Republicans. They think they're so smart. They think they're so tough. But when you make fun of them, that gets to them even more than yelling at them. Because, you know, we've talked about that. You can bring them facts. You can show them Uh, what the truth is, you can talk louder than they can, but uh, they just double down, they just triple down. But when you fucking embarrass them, they can try to deny it, but ultimately they have to live with it. And I love that. You know, one of the biggest concerns about what the Republicans want to do in terms of this debt limit, they want to hold the U.S. hostage and then try to force Biden to cut Social Security and Medicare, among other things. And as I've told you, that's not going to happen. There just isn't enough people that had the interest in doing it, which makes sense, because if you do that, that's pretty much going to destroy your chances of winning any election in the near future. It would be too devastating to this country to cut off a lot of older folks' health care and the money they use to live on. And not cause some devastation in this country. It's kind of like um, not raising the debt limit. The Republicans talk a tough game, but they, they really can't do it. There is just no way they can do it. So they're not going to. But that's typical with Republicans. Make threats they can't follow through with, but use it as a pressure to somebody who might say, Oh my God, you're right, I'm going to fold up and die and that's what the Democrats have done for many years Joe Biden's not playing that shit and he understands how to play these people a little bit and so he made fun of him now when Joe Biden's up with the State of the Union he's got quite a bully pulpit quite a platform apparently they say 27 million people were watching the State of the Union and you know that's the advantage of being a president you have the bully pulpit you can say things it gets out there And uh, the people of this country hear it, and it can skew people's thoughts. So Joe Biden did the thing that the Republicans don't like, exposing their lies, bullshit, and corruption. So he goes up on stage and he says, you know, these Republicans want to hold the debt limit hostage and they want to fix it and force me to try to cut Medicare and Social Security which is true but the Republicans what did they do they start groaning and mowing and yelling we got Marjorie Taylor Greene yelling liar liar we saw Mike Lee from Utah sitting in the front row with this look on his face (laughs) his look on his face like somebody had stolen his Barbie doll. And and he was just aghast that Joe Biden would say this. And everybody was saying, we didn't say that, we didn't say that. And Joe goes, no, wait a minute. Yeah, you did. I got the pamphlet right here, written by Rick Scott, the man in charge of uh, the uh, campaign for the Senate in 2022. And it's true. I've seen the pamphlet. And Rick Scott directly says, talks about affecting Social Security and Medicare. So it did. But it was funny watching this Mike Lee uh, up front, this, this douchebag, and he was acting like he's never heard of such a horrible thing. But then the host on the cable news then of course plays a video that was taken him at a of him at a fundraiser saying very specifically that he wanted to cut and end medicare and social security i'd like to get mike lee on a show at some point show how aghast he looks and then show him exactly what he said but joe played this really well he played it really well He he seemed kind of surprised that all these people were against cutting it he says well I know it's not the majority of the Republicans but some of you do some of you do and you just I want to say that you know if that bill ever comes to my desk I'm never signing it it's not going to happen I'm never going to sign that that's crazy that would be hurtful to the country and uh, everybody was saying, no, we didn't do it, and Democrats are applauding and stuff. He says, so, he says, so, folks, apparently we all agree on this. Social Security and Medicare is off the books right now. They're not going to be touched. So you see what he did there. He put them in a position where he had, they had to address the general public, the people of the United States, and admit one way or the other. It was fucking masterful. He did a wonderful job doing this. So he said, so can we agree that they're off the books now? And people applauded and people the um, um, both sides stood up. Not all, not everybody. And Biden gave a thumbs up as several Republicans joined Democrats in standing. And then Biden says, all right, we got unanimity. Moments later, he asked lawmakers to stand again to show they wouldn't cut Medicare or Social Security, and just about everyone stood. Biden ad-libbed some more. I will not let Medicare be taken away, not today, not tomorrow, not ever, he said, but apparently that will not be a problem. (laughs) Though he was riffing in real time, he was just, you know, kind of shooting from the Hip at that point. It's possible the president and Republicans are on the same page, but a lot depends on the meaning of the word cut and how much weight one gives the past GOP positions. And the fact that uh, Republicans tend to lie. They will lie to the people and then stab them in the back later. We know this fucking happens. It happens all the time. Now, Republicans have suggested since last year that they would demand major spending cuts in exchange for lifting a legal limit on how much money the federal government can borrow to pay its bills. However, they did not rule out reforming so-called entitlement programs, which they have always complained owe more money to retirees than the country supposedly can afford to pay, which is not true, and Social Security has no impact on the debt. This is just the Republicans trying to gaslight people to push along their agenda. But now for the past two weeks, Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy has made definitive statements that Republicans won't touch Social Security or Medicare as part of the debt ceiling standoff and that the programs are off the table. Following Tuesday's speech, several House Republicans echoed that sentiment. There's not going to be any cuts to Social Security or Medicare, Representative Andrew Clyde of Georgia, who's a big Trump umper, said. Biden has been driving a false narrative of that, and I think we refuted it pretty well last night. Uh, Yeah, Andy, you didn't. We all know what you said. There's video of this shit, Andy. You can't gaslight us. We know what you think. We know what you've done. And we know what you'd try to do if you thought you could get away with it. It's not as if Biden invented the idea that Republicans wanted to change the popular retirement programs. Like he said in his remark, Biden pointed to a proposal by Senator Rick Scott. You remember those 11 points that the Republicans were going to adopt leading up to the 2022 midterms? That word sunset all federal laws every five years, that's a pretty way of saying Congress would have to continuously reauthorize everything, including Social Security and Medicare. So you'd have your Social Security and Medicare, and then five years would go by, and then Congress would have to vote on it again to see if we would keep it. Well, we know how things can change with Congress. One minute it's Democrat. Next minute it's Republican. Next minute it's a big majority to the Republicans or a big majority to the Democrats. So theoretically what could happen here is we have our Social Security Republicans get in, take it away, and then I presume the Democrats could get back in the next two years and and bring it back. But you see the problems it would cause us? Once again, they're fucking with our money, money that we paid into, programs we paid into. They are not um, they're, they're, they're not entitlements. I invested in social security, and I expect to get money back. And everybody should suspect that. And, and if it's troublesome for the government to be able to afford that, and I don't believe that's true then it's your job to fucking figure it out you took the money you cut a deal with the people of this country now you gotta pay it back you know that's that's the thing about government that happens a lot they take all our money all year long they give money to the defense department they give tax cuts to uh, to the rich and then when it comes to some things some investment in us, the people providing the money, they go, you know, we can't afford that. And for whatever me, re- whatever reason, Republicans believe that bullshit. And it's all a scam. It's all a con. And that shit's got to vent. Now, Republicans love going out and owning the Democrats. We know that. But on that night, on the night of the State of the Union, if Joe Biden did anything, anything in that State of the Union, he fucking owned the Republicans. And I say, keep it up. Keep these people on their heels. Keep embarrassing them. Keep exposing them. And that is one of the main ways you can beat the Democrats, or the Republicans. The Democrats can beat the Republicans. So, I say that uh, Joe did a masterful job in the State of the Union. And I liked how the fact he had this kind of smart ass smirk on his face the whole time he was doing it. He knew he was owning the Republicans and <clears throat> I, I couldn't have done it better myself. I, I have to give Joe credit. I didn't think it was in him, but he did it. Now one of the things about the State of the Union that I found truly amazing is that Representative George Santos You know, this fraudulent, fucking criminal, corrupt fool. He not only showed up, which is surprising given how embarrassed he's been as of late, but he sat himself right in the middle of the crowd, right on an aisle so everybody could see him. And that uh, seemed to bother some people, especially, especially Mitt Romney. So, George Santos appeared to evoke the TV show Pose with his four-word review of President Joe Biden's State of the Union address on Tuesday. It said, State of the Union category is gaslighting, the lying lawmaker wrote on Twitter. Can you imagine that? We've got George Santos accusing somebody, fucking anybody, of gaslighting when his whole life is built on gaslighting. He lied about his history. He lied about his ethnicity. He lied about where he went to school. He lied about where he worked. He lied about how he got ridiculous amounts of money. Now he's under four investigations and could very well go to jail. And he has the audacity to accuse Joe Biden of gaslighting America. Now, it left critics in disbelief, given how Santos has been found to have fabricated all these claims about his background. Santos had a frosty exchange with Mitt Romney before Biden's address, and we we talked about it uh, yesterday a bit. Um, Apparently, he said something to Mitt Romney, and Mitt Romney ignored him at first, and then finally they talked a bit, and Mitt Romney clearly frustrated with the fact that this guy not only has done all these things but had the audacity to sit proud as a peacock in the state of the union and Mitt Romney said you should be ashamed of yourself and you should not be here and afterwards Uh, Mitt Romney was asked by the press, he said he should be ashamed of himself. He should not even be at the State of the Union. He's an embarrassment to Congress. He's an embarrassment to the Republicans. He should not have even been here. Now, during the exchange, uh, there was somebody from CBS that heard, um, (laughs) heard George Santos call Mitt Romney an asshole. Just imagine this. You got Mitt Romney, who is a Mormon, who tries to give the appearance he's above it all, tries to be pretty straight-laced, and pretty much is. He is a senior member of Congress, and this little piece of shit, this embarrassment to the Republican Party, says to him, you're an asshole, (laughs) I'll guarantee you. I bet you Mitt Romney's never been called an asshole while in Congress. While we get some crazy ass people, they have enough sense to maintain a little bit of decorum when you're in the uh, House of Representatives or the Senate, wherever you happen to be. So this had to take um, Mitt Romney back, and Mitt Romney has some power. So I'm assuming this is not going to help George Santos at all. Not that they need a lot of help because George is pretty much done now, as we know last week George Santos stepped down from two House committees he'd been appointed to until he can clear everything up as said by House Speaker Kevin McCarthy as if there is going to be an opportunity where George Santos can show us how we're all confused none of that really happened and we can clear it up and this is one of the things that's got to be upsetting to people like uh, Mitt Romney or any of the older guard in the Republican Party that this guy's an absolute fool and Kevin McCarthy has embraced him because he needs the vote so badly but you know when you're in Congress whether you be a Republican or a Democrat you do feel like you've gotten to a certain level and uh, you're kinda proud to be where you are (coughs) and then when you let Somebody like George Santos into the neighborhood, it kind of diminishes those lofty perches you're on, and they don't like that. So I'm sure there's a lot of people who dislike George Santos in the Republican Party, but they're probably even more pissed off at Kevin McCarthy because he's the one guy that can do something about it, and he refuses to. It shows his lack of integrity and credibility and it shows that he is weak or the weaker speaker as somebody put it he sold his soul to MAGA and he looks foolish every time now when he was uh... at the uh, at the uh... state of the union he sat there with a straight face no matter what joe biden said um, everybody was clapping and he didn't that isn't so crazy democrats will often do that um, but uh, Republicans uh, took it a step farther, and I knew they would. Instead of just sitting quietly and being like adults, many of them started screaming. Now, I mentioned the whole situation with the Social Security and the Medicare, uh, about Republicans wanting to get rid of it or cut it drastically to try to, try to uh, allow people to raise the debt limit. It's not going to work don't worry about that but apparently rick scott wasn't too happy that joe biden in his state of the union address tuesday accurately quoted his proposal to let social security and medicare expire yeah rick scott said it rick scott wrote it rick scott was proud of what he wrote and then joe biden had the audacity to report it accurately and he didn't like it. During the speech, Biden mentioned that some Republicans, as I said, want to sunset all federal laws. Biden didn't mention Scott by name, but on Wednesday, the Florida Republican griped on Twitter that Biden rambled for a while, but it seems he forgot to share the facts. He then jumped into a lengthy thread in which he minimized what he actually proposed, mainly because it isn't even popular with his fellow Republicans. He fucked up. And now he can't take it back. Scott claims his plan is to simply make all federal legislation sunset or face extinction if not reapproved in five years, and added disingenuously, if a law is worth keeping, Congress can pass it again. Yeah, but you see, here's the deal, Rick. You do that kind of thing, and you get fucking crazy ass people like yourself in there, and then this country gets chaos, and it gets thrown into upheaval, because you fucks who have plenty of money don't mind taking away money from people who don't have money. The senator said the plan is aimed at dealing with all the crazy new laws our Congress has been passing of late claims to suggest that this means I want to cut Social Security or Medicare is a lie and is a dishonest move from a very confused president. Well, fact of the matter is, he specifically mentioned Social Security and Medicare in his 11-point plan, so he's the one that is lying. Despite his tweeted denial, Scott has advocated cutting Social Security and Medicare many times, um, and he did it back in May with Fox News anchor John Roberts. Scott did get some praise for his Twitter thread, but it was from people who appreciated his saying the quiet part out loud about Republicans' plans to destroy uh, the entitlements, as he pointed out. And as I said, Mike Lee was ridiculed for his response during the State of the Union Redress, in which he, as I say, was... Kind of aghast. It was funny looking at him. They kept cutting to him. His mouth was wide open. He looked surprised, like, who would ever say that? (laughs) And of course, social media immediately started to mock the senator, citing Hamlet's, The lady doth protest too much, methinks. Now, of course, when the cable news got this, there was all kinds of evidence that Mike Lee. from a 2010 fundraiser said exactly that they wanted to uh, kill Medicare and Social Security. In a statement on Wednesday afternoon, Lee crafted a statement claiming that his desire to kill Social Security is because Congress keeps taking money away from the fund. Which seems ironic, doesn't it? It isn't like Social Security is taking money away from the budget because it's not what he's saying is he wants to cut it because Congress keeps dipping its paw into Social Security to take money well I got an idea Mike how about you quit doing that stop making Social Security struggle because you want to take money out of Social Security to fund some bullshit The thing is, Congress has always used Social Security as a slush fund, which is wrong, which is not what they're supposed to do. Congress steals from it, raids it, and otherwise ruins it. Congress's long history of a poor stewardship confirms the prescience of the Constitution. That's what Lee said. And Lee is absolutely right. So how does that justify killing Social Security and Medicare? Are you basically saying, yeah, that is, uh, that's tempting to take money from that fund that does so much good for the people of this country. So in order to get rid of that <laughs> temptation, let's just get rid of the whole thing and fuck the people that need the money. He goes on to say, we should not trust the federal government with sweeping power over people's livelihoods. That's the point I made in 2010, while also acknowledging that we have to honor the commitments made to those who have paid into the system for decades and have relied on the associated benefits. Remember that word George Santos said, gaslighting? Well, that's what uh, Mike Lee is doing right here. It's all bullshit. He's trying to divert, distract, delay, whatever the fuck they do. That's not what he said, but he's now trying to make you believe, yeah, I said that, but it was really a good thing, and here's why. You just didn't understand. That's what the Republicans are always doing. They will say the quiet thing out loud, and then they will say, I didn't say that. And then when they're pressured, they'll say, what I really meant was. We always get that with Donald Trump, you know. They always say that uh, when Donald Trump says something crazy, they always say, well, he didn't really mean that. Well, how about if we just get a president or a presidential candidate to say what they fucking mean and not try to confuse or gaslight Americans? That would be nice. That's not too much to be expected. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hi, friends. I'm Trisden, and I host a podcast called Extreme Common Sense with Trisden and Ray. Our politics lean left, but since we live in Kentucky, we're forced on a daily basis to deal with our right-wing friends. So our goal is to bring people together and stay sane as Democrats in Central Kentucky. If you love the rational boomer, you'll probably like us as well. So check us out wherever you get your podcasts. That's Extreme Common Sense with Trisden and Ray. Trisden is spelled T-R-I-Z-D-O-N. That may make it easier to find. Thanks for listening. One of the most disgusting and disconcerting things about that State of the Union is the behavior of the Republican Party. Now, we're talking about members of Congress, representatives and senators. They've gotten to these lofty perches. They're trying to be impressive. They're supposed to be representing all of us. But when we have a state of the union like we just had, and we watch the Republicans behave like fucking spoiled children, that is concerning. I mean, we pay these people a lot of money. There's a lot of money spent on campaigns to get these people in this position. And all that time, they're trying to impress us with the fact that they're above it all, that they're smart, that they're fighting for us then we watch a State of the Union like we just saw and these Republicans acting like children. (laughs) That's a problem for me, I don't know. At least try to act like an adult. And that was one of the biggest stories that came from Biden's 2023 State of the Union address. Uh, The behavior of some Republicans during the speech with some screaming (laughs) and even Kevin McCarthy having to shh them at times. Can you imagine that? Kevin McCarthy has to look out at representatives in our Congress in his party and say, shh, don't say that. Don't say that. Representative Ryan Zinke of Montana told uh, the press that he can disagree with colleagues and still be disrespectful. Or still be respectful. Fact is, Ryan Zinke is disrespectful most times. But again, he's trying to gaslight and act like he's above it. Zinke said, it's the house, as if he meant it was expected. The house, the body. And I think some of the members express their disappointment or disagreements. But I'm always respectful. That's how I was brought up. I chose I will agree or disagree, but I will not be disagreeable. Yeah, those are nice words, Zinke, but I uh, question whether you truly follow that strategy. Uh, Doug LaMolfa of California, Republican, you should never do that sort of stuff when asked about members yelling. When he did come out and say the bit about we're trying to cut Social Security, that Drew a round of booze, of course, and I thought that was pretty fair, you know, said LaMalfa, but the catcalling, that ain't really right. I mean, I understand the frustration, but that isn't really how you conduct the business of the institution. Would agree, but apparently a vast majority of your party disagree because they chose instead to act like fucking children. And that's what was the masterful part with Joe Biden. He exposed them for who they are on a pretty big platform 27 million Americans watching it and he exposed them and those dumb fucks took the bait and it's those sorts of things that don't help them very much in upcoming elections now to Biden's point Senator Rick Scott as I mentioned he called for cutting Social Security and Medicare That was uh, uh, reported on October of 2022. Senator Josh Hawley claimed that things were just as raucous during Donald Trump's administration, meaning the Democrats did the same thing, which is not true. But he cited something that really upset Donald Trump. And uh, as much as it may have been disrespectful, it came from Nancy Pelosi regarding Donald Trump. And I think in that situation it was justified. She didn't yell and scream he was a liar. But Holly mentioned there were times when two Democrats stood up and turned their backs, of course. Nancy Pelosi ripped up his speech, said Holly. I think you reap what you sow. When asked if he thought Biden came in to pick a fight with the Republicans, he said, oh, no. When asked if Republicans came in to pick a fight with Biden, it was another story. So, you know, this is... This is what they do. They always project. They always say, well, you did this. What about ism? All of that stuff. It gets pretty tiring. And, and, you know, after watching this for six years, it's getting old. I mean, we knew from the beginning that it was all bullshit when they did this sort of thing. But I think it's getting exposed at a much higher level. There are more problems with the Republican Party, and now the Republicans are getting embarrassed. And this is one way to stop them from doing these things. You would presume if you do something and you get bad press or negative results from it, you would stop doing it. Now, up to this point, it doesn't seem to have had that effect on the Republicans. But now it's getting much wider spread and much higher profile. So maybe we'll get them to knock it down a little bit. I mean, they do need to try to win an election or two in 2024, and nothing they're doing now is working toward that end. They're fucking up immensely. It's just a matter of when they realize they're fucking up. And I don't know that they absolutely will fully, which I think is beneficial to Democrats and to the country as a whole because we need to we need to end this whole little fucking power orgy that the Republicans have been on for 6 years. Even if they didn't have power, they still wanted to pressure things like with this debt limit thing. Anyway, as part of what the Republicans are doing that is so detrimental to their future, to their elections. We know the House of Representatives is now all about not looking into inflation, not looking into gas prices or the border. They want investigations. (laughs) And Jim Jordan has investigations. And they had a a hearing with Twitter executives. And Jim Jordan and the Republicans were going after Twitter executives regarding uh, the intent to censor the Hunter Biden laptop story. Now Jerry Conley, a Democrat, suggested that House Representative Jim Jordan failed to prove Twitter executives had nefarious intent in censoring Hunter Biden's laptop laptop story. This is an interesting story, and I saw some media guys kind of joke about this, and when you think about it, it's true. The contents of Biden's laptop were made public before the 2020 election. It showed the now-president's son, doing drugs, as well as lewd images. Twitter censored the story on its platform before the election, fearing it may be part of a Russian disinformation program, and it more than likely was. We knew the Republicans were in bed with Donald Trump and the Republicans. As much as they say, it's all a hoax. It's all fake news. The facts bear it out. Russia did meddle in the 2016 and the 2020 election with the idea of benefiting Donald Trump. I don't know how much more you have to say about their alignment with Russia. Now during a hearing on Wednesday Jordan grilled former Twitter's former global head of trust and safety Yoel Roth. Don't know what the fuck kind of name that is but his name is Yoel should be Joel or Noel but it's Yoel And it was about an email sent to him by an FBI agent in 2020 regarding documents regarding malign interference. Roth told Jordan his term covered things like Russian troll farms and Iranian involvement in the election. Of course, what Jordan wanted to make it look like is that the Biden administration was applying pressure. Uh, to get them to not report about Hunter Biden's laptop. They keep saying, that's against the First Amendment. No, it's not, you dumb motherfuckers. Whenever I look at somebody say that sort of thing in the Republican Party, that Twitter uh, censored something, and it was against the First Amendment, it really pisses me off. And it makes me wonder, because they don't understand what the First Amendment is about. It's about the government restricting or censoring things. This is about Twitter censoring things. Now, of course, they're trying to make that connect by saying that Biden, the government, uh, was trying to force them to do it, and that's how the First Amendment was infringed on for the Republicans, which is absolutely bullshit. Now, as was reported in the Twitter files, Twitter executives convened multiple times with the FBI ahead of the 2020 election over concerns about foreign interference in the upcoming presidential election. Now at the time the FBI suggested the laptop story may be a Russian disinformation scheme but that turned out not to be the case. Jordan asked Roth if the information he received was classified and also had asked other witnesses if they knew how many people at the company had security clearances. And (coughs) the conversation went like this any of the information on there classified? No, I don't hold a security clearance. Ross said, and so I would not have received any classified information. And Jordan said, Who were the people at Twitter who had a security clearance? Ross said, To be honest, sure, I'm, I'm not sure. And we never ultimately followed through on this plan to get temporary clearances. Jordan, did anyone at Twitter have a security clearance? Ross said, it's my understanding that at least some current or former employees did hold clearances, but I wasn't certain about that. Jordan then asked, Ms. Gadd, do you know, another Twitter person, do you know if anyone took up FBI Special Agent Elvis Chan's offer to hand out security clearances 30 days before the 2020 election? Gadd said, "Uh, not that I'm aware of. Jordan, so... We don't know how many people had security clearances at Twitter, do we, Mr. Baker? Mr. Miss Gadd. Anyone know how many people at Twitter had security clearance in 30 days prior to the election? Baker said, I don't know the answer to that question. Jordan said, Miss Gadd? She said, I do not know. Mr. Roth, you don't know? No, sir. How about the last one? Miss Navaroli, do you know? And Miss Navaroli said, no. Now, Jordan kind of punctuated his question by claiming it seemed like they were handing them out like candy. I wonder who had them. No one knows. He told Roth Twitter got played by the government. I think you guys got played, Jordan said. I think you guys wanted it to be taken down. After Jordan finished questioning Roth, Jordan yielded to Conley, my, 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 Conley, Jerry Conley, the Democratic representative. He said, my, my, my he began. What happens when you hold a hearing and you can't prove your point? And that's exactly what happened here. They were trying to stir things up. I saw one moderator on television say, okay, Twitter took down these pictures, these nude pictures of Hunter Biden. (laughs) And and the thing is, is that Republicans are trying to make it seem like well, they shouldn't have done that, and uh, Joe Biden forced them to do it. Well, the Twitter people made the comment. They said, you know, if anybody posted nude photos of anybody, the rules of Twitter would take it down. And this moderator said, I wonder what it is about the Republicans who want it, who wanted uh, Hunter Biden's nude pictures on Twitter, and why? You <laughs> see, they're going the long route to try to own the libs, and it's not working. They're trying to make the connection between Twitter and Joe Biden, and how how the Biden administration pressured him to take things down, and that's how they're getting to well. We had our First Amendment infringed. That's a long way to go for not a lot, and uh, they do this because that's all they fucking got, and it's not enough. Jim Jordan was absolutely embarrassed in that investigation and that's what's going to happen over and over again every time he has these bullshit investigations he's going to be embarrassed it's going to be like the Benghazi investigation spend a lot of time a lot of money a lot of bullshit and come up with zero and that's what they came up with this Twitter hearing now I think some of the Republicans thought they they really scored but they did not and when people like uh, Jerry Conley or some of these other people bring out and point out how stupid they are, they're eventually, hopefully, going to understand how it's working against them. Maybe not. And frankly, if they want to make a fool out of themselves for the next two years with investigation after investigation, I'm good. Like I've said before, as far as Kevin McCarthy being Speaker of the House or them doing these ridiculous investigations, I think the Democrats are just sitting back and saying, go ahead, because they know it's going to help them in the long run. Now, I mentioned one of my favorite guys earlier, Josh Hawley. That gutless piece of shit. Remember the picture of him... um, holding his fist in the air to the insurrectionist on January 6th like he's a tough guy. But once the insurrectionist hit the Capitol, there was video of Josh Hawley running away like a a little girl. Now, when I say that, (laughs) there are going to be people in the audience that say, Why do you say he ran like a little girl? That's sexist. Shut up. You know what I mean. I'm not diminishing little girls. I have a granddaughter who happens to be a little girl, and she's one of my favorite humans in the fucking world, so shut up. Don't call me out on shit like this. I'm 62 years old. This is how I fucking talk. And if you don't like it, go listen to a Republican fucking podcast, okay? Because they're more disrespectful than I ever could be, and I don't mean disrespect, by it. I'm trying to diminish Josh Hawley for the piece of shit he is, and he is. He's a Mr. Tough guy. And he's frankly a coward. They're all cowards. Anyway, Missouri Republican Senator Josh Hawley was booted. He was kicked off a committee, a very powerful Armed Services Committee, last month as retribution for delaying the confirmation of numerous Defense Department nominees last year and for his role in challenging Mitch McConnell's uh, and his hold on the chamber's top Republicans so you know Mitch McConnell already kicked some people off of committees and apparently he's kicked Josh Hawley off as much as we hate Mitch McConnell as much as we know he's evil the people who work with him and for him should have known this too because Mitch will be evil to anybody who fucks with him whether you be Republican or Democrat and those Republicans fucked around and found out this time around. So Josh Hawley was taken off the Armed Services Committee. Now, when the Armed Services Panel announced its roster last week, Hawley's name wasn't conspicuously or was conspicuously absent from the list, I can imagine. It's like a high school play where they put the list of people who got uh, on the cast, and everybody rushed up and go, is my name on there, is my name on there? I'm guessing Josh Hawley didn't run up there, thinking there'd be any question that he'd be on the committee. But, of course, a little bit of a surprise came directly from McConnell's office, according to multiple sources familiar with the matter. The sources who requested anonymity to speak candidly about the decision come from both sides of the aisle. Now, because Holly was removed, the circumstances of which have not been previously reported stemmed in part from his involvement in attempting to postpone the Senate GOP's leadership elections in November to allow for a long-shot bid from Rick Scott to replace McConnell as Republican leader. You know... Mitch said, "Oh, I'm. I i do not hold any malice toward these people. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I don't hold any grudges. That will have no bearing on who's on committees. And of course, <laughs> when it comes down to it, doesn't matter if you're Republican or Democrat. If you go against McConnell, you're going to be fucked. And that's what Holly did, and that's what all these Rick Scotts and um, other people try to do. They oust, tried to oust uh, McConnell as a leader." of the Republicans in the Senate and they fucked around and found out. It didn't work. It wasn't close. 37 to 10 was the vote so they didn't have a prayer. They should have known this but it's just like the MAGA fucks to keep doubling down and keep doubling down until they fall off the cliff and Josh Holley in this instance with this committee got pushed off the cliff because he got too prideful. And wanted to make a point and wanted to make a name for himself and it cost him dearly. Apparently Senator Hawley's explanation. He voluntarily gave up his seat on the committee. Any claim to the contrary is false said spokesperson for McConnell. So he's saying no McConnell didn't kick me off I didn't want it anyway. (laughs) Yeah that's 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 what senators do on committees. Yeah, I don't want to be on that important Armed Services Committee anymore, so I just quit. Yeah. Right, Josh. And you're a tough guy who sides with the insurrectionists who didn't run away like a little girl in the Capitol when they finally attacked. Now, early in the 118th Congress, Schmidt sought a waiver to be seated on the Judiciary Committee along with his fellow Missourian Holly but was unsuccessful in November what happened is Holly joined Republican Senators Marco Rubio of Florida, Ron Johnson of Wisconsin, Mike Lee of Utah and Ted Cruz of Texas in an effort to delay the GOP leadership vote not even necessarily going against McConnell directly but trying to delay it to give rick scott a chance to win now rick scott as we pointed out earlier in the podcast is a piece of shit a liar a fool holly said in a tweet i don't know why senate gop would hold a leadership vote for the next congress before this election is finished holly said in a tweet we have a runoff in georgia senate are they saying that doesn't matter don't disenfranchise at Herschel Walker, ultimately the vote was not delayed and McConnell easily defeated Scott, 37-10. to 10. Now, earlier in the month, Scott blamed McConnell for pulling him and Lee off the Commerce Committee, as we mentioned before here on the podcast, his payback for his bid to replace McConnell. Mike Lee said, he didn't like that I opposed him because I believe we have to have ideas, fight over ideas. And so he took Mike Lee and I off the committee, Scott told Caitlin Collins on CNN. Unlike Scott, Holly did not attribute his removal from the armed services panel to McConnell. Nobody removed Josh from any committees. Josh decided to remain on the Judiciary Committee and Homeland Security Committees and allowed fellow Missourian Eric Schmidt to take his seat on the Armed Services so he could move to the Energy Committee, said Holly. I didn't get cut. I didn't get cut. I just wanted to. Yeah, yeah, I'll bet. Josh, you've got problems. When the investigations of this insurrection come out, you may not be around, or certainly you'll be marginalized after that happens. Now, one of the guys I like most on the Democratic side of things in the House of Representatives is a gentleman by the name of Jamie Raskin. He's currently in a battle with cancer, taking chemotherapy and such. Still a very smart guy, still a guy with a lot of power in the House of Representatives. He taught constitutional law for like decades. And on Wednesday, the Maryland Democrat took House Republicans to school on the First Amendment. As I was mentioning earlier in the podcast, they don't seem to understand what the First Amendment actually said. Less- the lesson came during a House Oversight Committee hearing at which Republicans try to harness their obsessions with Hunter Biden's laptop and the big tech into something resembling a coherent complaint. As I pointed out earlier, they want to say that Twitter uh, had the audacity <laughs> of censoring Hunter Biden's nude pictures as part of them having their First Amendment infringed on. Let, let's, let's be perfectly honest. Hunter Biden had a serious drug problem, and for a period of time anyway, and I don't know where he is right now, but he was a piece of shit. It's not Joe Biden's fault. He's a adult male. He makes his own choices. And just because he happened to be a piece of shit, being a drug addict and doing disgusting shit, including uh, taking these nude pictures, um... That doesn't mean that Joe Biden had the authority or even did try to stop them from from posting these pictures or taking the pictures down. Like I said, if I posted nude pictures, if Mitch McConnell posted nude pictures on Twitter, they would be fucking taken down according to the rules of Twitter. I think they probably even still would with Elon Musk as the owner. And so... Raskin went ahead and said the witnesses were called before the committee to answer questions about the platform's handling of New York Post reporting in 2020 about the alleged contents of a laptop owned by Hunter Biden in which the social media company controversially blocked users from tweeting and direct messaging about it. So Raskin then kind of blasted the Republican-led effort as a trivial pursuit, pointing out that under the First Amendment, which applies to government action, private companies can curate content however they want. As I said, they tried to take it quite a long way with suggesting that Joseph Biden tried to interject some power there. Raskin went on to say, Twitter is a private media company. The panel's top Democrat apparently needed to remind the GOP counterparts of the basics of the First Amendment. That means, as Raskin noted, that Twitter can ban Donald Trump for inciting violent insurrection or go in a new direction under Elon Musk and reinstate the unrepentant Trump to the platform. On the flip side, Raskin observed that the First Amendment's robust protections don't provide the right to incite imminent violence as Trump did. He invoked the Brandenburg Principle, which references the Supreme Court's 1969 ruling in Brandenburg v. Ohio, which said the speech is unprotected when it's directed to inciting or producing imminent lawless action and is likely to incite or produce such action, like screaming fire in a theater. You can say the things you want, but if it's going to create something that harms the community or is against the law, well, that's a bridge too far. Now, if that case sounds familiar in connection with Trump and Raskin in particular, that's because Democratic congressmen previously provided a constitutional lesson on it during Trump's second impeachment in 2021. This is exactly what the Republicans do. They know very well that uh, um, what the First Amendment says but again they will gaslight as much as George Santos hates gaslighting they will gaslight and they will try to make things sound like they were harmed when they are not. It really says a lot when you see them go to this extent they're having a hearing with Twitter for twitter having the audacity to censor certain things on their platform which they are entitled to do as a private company the government does not have the right to censor speech or the press unless it's in the attempt to break a law or to cause problems for people in this country as i've said What they're trying to say is, well, Hunter Biden's nude pictures were on Twitter and they took them down, and that's against the First Amendment right. Is it? (laughs) Why is it the Republicans are so adamant about wanting to see (laughs) Hunter Biden's nude pictures? What is it? That's kind of (laughs) kinky. That's kind of weird. That's kind of cringy. But see, they don't think that. They will take anything, expand on it, exaggerate it to try to make their point. And it's a perfect example of how weak their stance is. They have to go a long way to prove that Joe Biden did something wrong. And even still, they can't. As Jerry Conley pointed out, the representative, the Democrat, he says, imagine that, having a hearing and then not even being able to prove your point. That happened in this instance. It's going to happen in every instance, every investigation they do, because all their investigations are absolute bullshit. We know it, you know it, everybody fucking knows it. So, it's going to be interesting to see how long they continue to do this. It's absolutely ridiculous. You and I know that. And I would say the Republicans even know that. But they are fucking desperate. They are desperate to own the libtards. They are desperate to own Joe Biden. And here's the thing. The whole intent of them doing this is so that they can get over on the Democrats and win the 2024 election. But what they fail to understand is it's doing the absolute opposite. They're shooting themselves in the foot. Or, as I tend to say, stepping on their own dick. It's not helping them. It's hurting them. But they still refuse to back off of it. Now, people like you and me might say, I don't understand that. That's fucking ridiculous. But at the same time, we should say, cool, go ahead, keep doing it. Keep killing yourself. Keep killing your chances to win an election in 2024. I mean, people spend a lot of money in campaigns to try to beat the other party. If the party is willing to beat itself, well, you save a lot of money and a lot of time and just embarrass these fucks as time goes on. And and that's what's happening here. And they don't have enough sense to get it. Part of the problem is they have no platform. When it comes to members of Congress or the Congress in general, they're supposed to be doing things instituting bills, passing bills that do something to help this country and the people in it. But unfortunately, the Republicans don't have anything. And apparently they don't want anything. So all they can do, the only strategy they have is try to make the Democrats look bad. Unfortunately, in this situation, all they do is make themselves look bad. So Godspeed, go ahead, fucking do that. And I think the Democrats are content in allowing them to do that. Anyway, we are going to wrap things up for the Rational Boomer Podcast. I want to thank you for taking the time to sit and listen. We're back in Minnesota, back on track. I hope you have a great day, and we will talk to you again soon. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.